You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report, presented by Kent Hunter. Here's a breakthrough strategy. Meet a need, share your faith, grow your church. Hi, I'm Kent Hunter, the Church Doctor, here to share with you a great strategy that I was never taught at the seminary, but I eventually got it. Here's my story. The uh, newscast I was watching captured my attention about the challenges of life these days. I was just immersed in thoughts about the war in Ukraine, a coup in Africa, political unrest in Washington, and threats from China, and all the rest. And I said to myself, what a mess. Then my phone went on vibrate and began to interrupt. Oh, it's my son, John who is also our pastor. Hi, John, what's up? Hey, Dad, he replied. I was wondering if you could preach for me a week from next Sunday. I made a quick thought journey through the next 10 days and concluded John's reason for asking. You see, on that Thursday and Friday before that Sunday, it was the Global Leadership Summit. And both of us were registered for the local satellite site in a nearby city. And I had two thoughts. He's pretty good at planning ahead, sort of, but not too far ahead. (laughs) And how do you say no to your kid and your pastor? Yeah, sure, I can do that, I said. What's the text? I knew he was preaching through the Gospel of Mark. I also reflected privately, he's a really good preacher for his age. I'm going to have to work hard for a good message. He replied, oh, the text is Mark 4, 35 to 41, about Jesus calming the storm. Oh, what a great story. I said, yeah, I'll be glad to preach on that. Let's talk about storms and their value for our kingdom work. You know, furious storms get our attention. There have been a lot of them around in the last few months. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus directs his disciples to leave the crowds and head across the Sea of Galilee to the other side. Well, a furious storm came up and frightened the disciples. And Jesus, of course, was asleep on a cushion in the boat. The disciples woke up Jesus and said, Teacher, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus rebuked the wind and said, Quiet, be still. And the wind died down, and it was completely still. Yet, of course, that is not the end of the story. Jesus said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the scripture says, They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now this is a marvelous story about Jesus meeting a need and making an impact on those disciples. You know, 
we pray in the Lord's Prayer, Your kingdom come, Matthew 6.10. Yet how many church members think much about the faith dimension of that kingdom? You know, Jesus said very clearly, Seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33. Kingship is all about the absolute power of Jesus. To be a citizen of the kingdom shapes our values and our priorities. Our growth journey in this kingdom goes beyond our personal salvation. There's more after that in terms of our good works, our ministry, whatever you want to call it. So as members of his kingdom, Jesus' power is available to all of us, all believers in our lives and in our ministries. Jesus empowers us to be change agents on an eternal scale. This is the mission dimension of the believer and the local church. So, storms in life represent a receptive platform for outreach. Nobody likes storms. We can't control them, but they come in all shapes and sizes. Some of these storms are political. Others are social. Some are weather-related, as the disciples faced on the Galilean Sea. One thing is clear. Storms provide an environment of spiritual receptivity. Even those who have no faith background occasionally speak in spiritual terms. You've probably heard it. It seems like the whole world is going to hell, somebody might say. What does that mean for that unbeliever? It signals they might also be open and receptive to the faith. What does that communicate to you? How does that speak to your church? In what sense is God nudging those of us who are Christians to reach out to those in our social networks? Which brings me to the subject I love the most. What do they teach missionaries? And how can we learn? Ironically, few pastors in Western cultures are trained in that discipline called missiology, the study of missions. A lot of us get training in evangelism, yet that's just a really small part of the biblical teaching of mission. It raises the question, why don't all pastors get trained as missionaries, even if they never leave their own country? I mean, we're all supposed to be on a mission, right? After years of observation, I'm convinced that most established denominations drift over time from mission to maintenance. I don't mean to be cruel about this, but think about it. How much do we really focus on mission training for our pastors and therefore pastors training the people? The result? The movement aspect of Christianity drifts toward management. Pastors are trained 
to maintain churches, the mission dimension that was the centerpiece and driving force for the apostles is often limited to an evangelism program for those few people who have that particular spiritual gift. In most churches, that would be about one in ten of the members. What about the rest? In my own training for ministry, I spent four years in a Christian college, then three years in a seminary training with an additional internship at a church. And after those eight years of training, I knew almost nothing about the biblical discipline of missiology. When my seminary years were finished, I opted to go to graduate school. It was my hope that if I go to school another three years at the highest level, maybe they would teach me how to be a missionary to those who don't know Jesus. Further, my vision was that I could equip the members of my church to effectively reach others for Jesus. Three years later, I received a Ph.D. in theology, but still had almost no training in the biblical discipline of missiology. I didn't even know what it was. In fact, I have discovered throughout these years that most pastors do not get training in mission strategy unless they are called to be foreign missionaries. I don't know how we got here. Over the last several decades of working with pastors, I learned this. Most denominations have subtly defined the mission field, the real mission field, as somewhere over there, far away. This is a lie, and this lie has crippled thousands of pastors with the inability to equip the people of their church, the Christians in their church, to grow their churches. The result? An increasingly secular society, and, I'm sad to say, Christianity is losing ground. We are losing the country. This is true not only in the U.S., but wherever this mission failure exists. So in my journey, I exhausted every level of training my denomination offered. I had earned a bachelor's degree in ministry, a master's divinity degree, and the Ph.D. And then I was sent by my denomination to a church in the inner city of Detroit. It had declined 67% in the previous 10 years before I got there. It was an all-white church in a neighborhood that was 40% African American. There were no African Americans who attended the church, not one. Not even the several families who lived across the street from the church building. And we tried to reach them, and my frustration grew. We just didn't know how to do it. Nothing seemed to work. I had never learned mission strategy. Everything we tried to reach our growing cross-cultural community just failed. I called our regional mission executive and asked for help. You know what he said? We've already closed several churches in that same situation in the Detroit area. 
and yours will likely close as well. We really don't know what to do in that kind of a situation. I was devastated. I refused to believe our unchurched African-American neighbors could not be reached for Jesus. So I contacted my denominational leader of national missions. And at that time, guess what? I received the same kind of response. Then one day, I received notice that was sent to all the pastors across America. It was from some school I never heard of in California that had hired a staff of former pastors who had all been trained to be missionaries. They were equipped in missiology, and they were sent to places all over the world, all on the mission field. They all had advanced degrees in the discipline of biblical missions. They were successful in growing cross-cultural mission work. Each of these guys had agreed to return to this California school and teach missiology to American pastors who were willing to learn. This was my dream, my prayer come true. For three years, I went for two intensive weeks at a time, three times a year. Before I went, I read numerous books that were assigned for each class. And I wrote a paper after I returned that reflected a mission strategy for my church. And I had to send that paper to my professor who graded it. In the process, I became a missionary to my own country. And that mission training transformed my life. And it transformed that church. And that church, several decades later, is a thriving all-black church in an all-black community. It's phenomenal. Let me talk about theological breakthrough. One of my professors at this mission school was a guy by the name of Dr. Paul Hebert. He taught about the theological breakthrough of what he called the excluded middle. Let me unpack that. At the first of these three-tiered focuses on biblical mission was what he called the ultimate meaning and purpose of life. This is just the basics of Christianity. It's a real important part of the spiritual journey for everybody, of course. It is commonly found in most American churches. That's not part of our challenge. Most pastors get that training that Jesus is the Savior and you can know Jesus as your Savior. You might call it Spiritual Life 101 for church members. Then I'm going to skip the middle tier of this explanation of Paul Hebert's and go to the third tier. The third tier of biblical mission teaching was on the focus of what Hebert called technology. That is basically the mix of educational, medical, agricultural, mission teaching, all the things uh, 
that would help meet people's needs. That teaching is all about touching people and learning where their needs are and making that the context of the gospel message. And you know what? In that third tier, there are all kinds of pastors and churches that do that well. But the conundrum is really that middle tier of this approach, which has often been excluded. And it focuses on what Dr. Hebert called the daily crises of life, illness, weather, industry-related issues, political turmoil in the government, raising children, all these challenges. Now, to these challenges, pastors often provide counseling, but they don't see it as a mission strategy for unchurched people. This is an area that focuses on the role of the Holy Spirit applied to daily crises as a mission strategy to unchurched people. And from a mission perspective, here in America, for many churches, many pastors, many leaders of churches, this is often excluded. In this whole explanation, expectant prayer is an essential aspect of the Christian faith and life, even in the outreach mission, and it is a powerful element for effective mission. You know, when you think about it, most miracles performed by Jesus and the disciples focus on issues of survival. The role of the Holy Spirit is important in aiding believers in daily crises. Expectant prayer is an essential aspect of faith and life as it's introduced to unbelievers. This is the key element applied to effective mission outreach to those who are unchurched. Basically, this is meeting the needs of people who are not members of your church through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the ministry of the church. This mission strategy is how God meets our most challenging needs. So, what we did is we asked our African-American neighbors, what could our church do to help them? Just a blank statement. Almost everyone said, the grade school in urban Detroit is suffering terribly. They're overcrowded. The teachers can't teach. They basically babysit. And in our next generation, our children, we want them to be able to be the first generation in our history to go to college. So they need a good education. They can't get one in the public school. So I went to see the public school principal. It was just around the block. And I said, what would it do to your school if we started a school in our great big building with all our empty classrooms from back in the day 40 years ago when this was a booming church? And the principal said that would be the best thing that could ever happen for my elementary school. So we started a school with eight grades and a kindergarten. And that's how that church 
grew and grew and grew, caught the attention of our denomination, and uh, our outreach continued. And now, many decades later, that is a thriving all-African-American church in an all-African-American area of Detroit. You see, the primary and most important element for effective mission is this. God still acts in our lives and for our welfare. He is active and alive in human history and in the lives of his people. And in these storms of life, no matter what those challenges are, in these storms of life, Jesus shows up and brings calm. What if every Christian could articulate that to those in their social network from a personal perspective? I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's accurate. If Christian believers get real about the power and the presence of God, we would see great breakthrough among unbelievers and increased impact on our culture. How important is that right now? Here's the good news. Any Christian can learn the biblical basics of missiology. Pastors and church leaders can disciple congregation members to be missionaries. In our work as church doctors, church leaders often ask how we came to discover practical and biblical ways to reach unbelievers and grow their churches. They use our resources and find new ways to do church. They often make a connection to mission dimensions from the New Testament. Some of them wonder, how do you know that? The short answer, it's just applied missiology, the biblical application of effective mission strategy. It works just as you see it throughout the New Testament. It begins when you reframe your church as a mission and discover that the person you see in the mirror is a missionary. It is the beginning of a spiritual revolution. How important is that for you? How important is that for your church? You see, storms can be your opportunity for reaching people for Jesus. Thank you for listening to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report. If you would like to receive the written version in your email, please sign up by going to www.churchdoctor.org. If you've enjoyed this teaching, please share it with others and encourage them to subscribe. Thank you, and God bless.